Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. So this week's devotional is deal with yourself as an individual worthy of respect and make everyone else deal with you the same way. Nikki Giovanni. Many of us live from day to day without a real sense of purpose. We know we want more out of life, but we can't seem to put a finger on exactly what it is. We believe our fate is due to a lack of career, money, or the freedom to do what we want. Actually, what we may be longing for is a personal mission. When you have a mission, you have a core passion that gives you vision. With the vision of your mission, you move gracefully through your goals. When you have a mission, you wholeheartedly embrace a task and you remain focused until the task is done. When you have a mission, you feel valued, worthy, and respectable. You manage to keep your head up and others notice you. What is your mission? Is it teaching, healing, painting, driving? Perhaps it is building snowmen, counting pea pods, or, or keeping others on their mission. Respect your life enough to pursue a meaningful mission. Respect yourself enough to give yourself something to do. A friendly reminder, I am mission-minded and focused on a goal. And with that being said, we will get into this week's guest. So, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> So, this week's guest is a filmmaker who also serves as the host of The Grapevine, a talk show geared towards the Black millennial and Gen Z perspective. Whether it's discussing the Bill Cosby conviction, Colin Kaepernick's Nike ad, or the diaspora wars between Africans and African Americans, The Grapevine is a panel-style discussion by and for Black millennials. The brainchild of Ashley Acuna, who also serves as the executive producer, the show aims to present the viewer with a variety of opinions from black artists, intellectuals, and influencers, proving that black thought is not a monolith. It's vast. It's opinionated, liberal, conservative, and sometimes problematic. Mm -hmm. It's a pleasure to welcome to the Fearless Kia podcast, Ashley Acuna. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. It's exciting, guys. It's exciting. (laughs) Talking about some real stuff today. Real stuff. So I usually like to start off the podcast asking my guests, what is your deepest fear? So my deepest fear, are you ready for this, guys, (laughs) is that I will not find my one true love. That's my my biggest fear. Okay, so when did you develop that fear? I think I developed it pretty early, dealing with men um, at 16 years old and just being disappointed by the different like boys I was meeting and then progressively as I got older, I'm 30 now, um, and just thinking someone's the one and then... Things happening, them fucking up. Can I curse? Yeah. <laughs> them fucking up, you know, me being brokenhearted and then just thinking that I'm never going to find what I'm looking for. So it's more of the men's behaviors that are triggering yeah, that fear. It's a consistent disappointment, consistent. I would say. Oh, Jesus. I know. Just got to pray it. about it. I was going to ask you, my next question was going to be, have, have you felt like the current dating culture has impacted your outlook on love? Um, I think, like, I don't know. I feel like our parents' generation, you kind of just married who was around you. And I Mm. think, like, now with, like, social media and all these apps, there's so many options. And I just think, like, a lot of men don't really 
I tend to attract men younger than me, and which is not a good thing. <laughs> Because they're just, like, never ready. They like the idea of me, but then when it comes to step up, they're just not ready. So I think a lot of today's dating has to do with just, like, the change in, like, the way that the access you have to, like, people, you know. I just think there's too many options. There's way too Too many. Especially in this city, there's way too many options. Yeah. Do you think that, like, if there was no social media or these dating apps that mm-hmm. the temperature in dating culture <laughs> would be, be a little cooler. A little cooler, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> would be a little cooler. I definitely do. I think we're a generation of swipers. We're a generation of scrollers and we see all these things that kind of like get us excited and we think the grass is always green and a lot of times it's not. Mm. Yeah. Not saying that you shouldn't have options. You should always have options, but... Sometimes when you think that you meet the one, you, you, it's good to just jump on it and not think that, oh, you'll meet someone better later. Because yeah. that's not necessarily true at all. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like commitment is undervalued in the black community when it comes to love? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think nowadays it is. I think the black community, well, I'm I'm Nigerian. So speaking, when I look at the African-American community, what I saw growing up was like all my friends had, their parents were together and they, mm. they're still together. And I think after a certain time, um, that started to change, obviously with like, you know, um, single parents and out of wedlock births. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But I do think even, even I see like people like white um like writers talking about how like you don't need a husband. So I don't even think it's like a black thing. I think we're moving into this yeah. thing of like, oh, like we can be partners and we don't necessarily have to be married. Um, but definitely from an African perspective, I would say like um, commitment is valued. There's almost a lot of pressure to get married at a certain age. Yeah. Both of my sisters are married and like it's definitely everybody's looking at me right now. Were they married before 30? Yes. Well, actually, my older sister was married at 31. Okay. And my little sister was married quite young at 25. Okay. So, yeah. Did you ever feel like a comparison or that? You know what? It's so crazy. No. Okay. Because my little sister, she was a bit of a troublemaker growing up. (laughs) And she ended up finding, like, an amazing husband who's, like, an engineer. And, like, he kind of, like, helped put her on track. Yeah. And, like, I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy for them. My older sister married a man who adores her. And they just had a baby. So, I'm really happy for my sisters. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout out to y'all. Yeah. Love y'all. So, since we're talking about finding love as Mm -hmm. a fear, what does true love look like to you? I... So it's funny, I came to what I believe true love to be by seeing all the things that I did not want, all the things that didn't didn't scream love to me, Mm. right? So I definitely feel like someone who loves you is your biggest cheerleader. Yeah. Like, they're they're the person that hypes you up. They're the person who who says, good morning, beautiful, hey, beautiful, who really instills... Like, if you don't feel like you're the shit, your partner's supposed to make you feel like you're the shit. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, so important on a... um, a very base level, I meet a lot of people who don't have that in their relationships mm. or in their past relationships. Um, and I think someone, I think love, like true love, is knowing that no matter how hard it gets, you don't want to give up mm. with that person. You want to keep going with that person. You know, there's a lot of a lot of times when um, couples lose their children, they separate. Yeah. You know, it's especially if it's their only child, etc. But I, I think that the couples that stay together and really push through, like that's 
such a, an amazing example of like true love. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like now where you are in your career that you may have to had sacrifice love in order to pursue your career kind of success? Um, I think that's always that was like always my test in my 20s. Because I think God was trying to see if I could be focused in my career and have a relationship. And I mm. always failed. Mm. I always failed. And I remember my, I remember in college, I went to the University of the Arts. I studied film. And I was so in love with this boy. So in love with him. And he distracted me so much. Wow. And I promised myself that I would never do it again. I would never, like, let my work fall by the wayside mm-hmm. um, because of a guy. But what I realized in my 20s was that everybody that I dated, it didn't work out because work was supposed to be my focus. Mm. You know, and I was supposed to keep pushing towards a certain goal. And I think now... I'm I'm ready to do both. Yeah, yeah. You're making room. Yeah, to I'm, do both I'm making too, right. Yeah, I'm making room. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Speaking of career, mm-hmm. you are the creator and executive producer of the Grapevine yes. TV. Very amazing show. Yes, it has <laughs> roughly 120 thousand subscribers. Shout outs to you, sis. Thank you so Especially much. Especially in the YouTube sphere, it's, it's very hard. hard. It's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. Um, so you have truly built an extraordinary platform thank you i wanted you to take us through your thought process for how this vision came to light Mm -hmm. i think you have a very um important uh story and trajectory that needs to be shared with people so i would love for you to share that with us okay cool so basically i graduated from college into a recession 2011 um there were no jobs in production for me i couldn't so i had to move back home with my family my parents like a lot of african parents watch a lot of news Mm. you go home and it's cnn 24 and I realized on these channels there was no millennial perspective it was all like people in their 40s and their 50s and their 60s and we are the generation who had just graduated into a recession we were sold the American dream right. only to be told there's no jobs so right. I was like I want to create a platform where we talk about how we feel about this and we talk about politics social issues culture um, came up with the treatment um, my mom took out a loan for me to like shoot the pilot, shot the pilot. It was trash. Um, then two years later, I got a job that allowed me to pay like to shoot my own show. Um, Donovan from the show hired me Donovan. at this job. Hey, boo. <laughs> um, and then that's, he hired you at the job. He, had, he hired me at the job. Wow. Yeah. And he like we had no idea that we would be working together in this capacity. So it was definitely a full circle type of moment. And then we just started shooting consistently, consistently. We didn't take any breaks, even in Christmas when all the other shows on TV go on hiatus. We were like, we're still going to shoot. Um, and then we built, we just built the platform and it just started growing. Yeah. And how do you pick like your panelists and bring these conversations to the for- forefront? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you decide on what that is? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you have an ear mm-hmm. to like what's going on in the culture right now and yeah. the conversations that need to be had and no one's speaking about. Yeah. Um, so we, Donovan, Amanda, who's our other producer and I have a group chat where we just kind of talk about a lot of things. And so like I'm African, Donovan's Caribbean, Amanda's African-American. So we represent um, the majority of the diaspora, not yeah. all of it. So we come with different like, you know, historical perspectives and different familiar perspectives. So we kind of like talk about it in the chat. We're like, okay, this will be a good topic. Yeah. This will be a trash topic. And then we, um, I interview a lot of people to see who would be a great fit for the show. Yeah. And then it just is like magic on set. And then like, and look at it now. Yeah. Girl, yeah, y'all are booming. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. I looked at the last episode like, whoo. 
child. Why y'all gathering me? Because I'm trying to get a body. You know what I'm saying? I want some curves. We talking about curves. And, you know, I was like, I mean, I was like ass and abs 2019. But now... <laughs> Don't even gather me with that speech, and I was he like, gathered, oh, he gathered me too because it's not. It's really not like it's easy to say it's not about your body, but it's not like at the end of the day, we can die at any moment. We can get in a car accident at any moment. Anything could, we can get sick. If we rely only on the physical, like that will, it's not enough. Yeah, more spirits inside of us, and you know we should be nurturing that, and we sh- we should really turn away from this um, glamorization of like of. Um, of beauty and of physical beauty and all these like these things that don't matter and yeah. really focus on internal and the soul. Yeah, because so, that's gonna sh- that internal beauty is gonna shine within and back out. It's, gonna, it's what's gonna keep you alive and it's what's gonna keep you know people around you motivated. Amen, amen to that. Mm-hmm. And as a black female filmmaker in MIC, did you ever experience any difficulties? getting your platform off the ground yeah definitely because when we first started nobody knew who we were so we were we we were aiming high (laughs) and inviting people with these large followings to be on the show and they you know they obviously declined so a lot of it was just like getting people to care about the show Mm. and then i was like listen i'm not gonna beg nobody to be on the show i'm i don't care if two three people agree i'm still gonna shoot it and just having that attitude of not really worrying about numbers Mm. really helped me yeah, or, the, think, or people with influence that really helped me yeah I think that's a great perspective yeah. too I mean when you go into anything that you're starting being like you know what I just want to start yes and if two three people five people support it I'm happy I'm happy you know yeah. because when you like you said if you put the metrics so high mm-hmm. straight out the gate mm-hmm. you're going to automatically feel like you failed yeah like, before you even reach your full potential with exactly. that vision and that idea exactly um in Understanding that, like, you are now at this, I don't even want to say peak, but you're at a great place, mm-hmm. right, uh, with your your platform and, every, you know, we've seen Exo Nicole cover <laughs> you. We're yeah. seeing a lot more um, coverage and just in the space in general, right? People are recognizing the brand and understanding uh, the brand. In this process of walking in your purpose, mm-hmm. how do you not lose yourself at the expense mm-hmm. of attention and acclaim so i want to give a shout out to my parents because they raised children who were very like self-assured and Mm -hmm. we're very like go against the grain like root for the underdog we're not really impressed by the glitz and glamour and like that doesn't i am who i am my family's my family and it's funny because donovan always jokes he's like you know everybody because i know so many people like in high places you know, low places, mid-level places. And I'm like, I don't choose people off of what they do or what they have. Yeah. I just choose people in my life because I like them. Yeah. And I've, I've amassed a great circle of people. So I don't ever think that I would be, like, blinded by yeah. the glitz and the glamour yeah. at all. Hey, amen. 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 Come on out, upbringing people. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so with everything that's going on, you now, you, you work a nine to five. Mm-hmm. No, uh, not anymore. Not anymore. I work on the show full time. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I work. We have investors Hallelujah. now. Hallelujah. <laughs> invest- yeah, I don't. Girl, my, I ended that. That ended in August of 2018. Okay. Yeah. How does it feel to like be full time on your show, have investors in your product, in your platform? It feels surreal. It feels surreal. I don't think I fully grasped it, but I'm very happy and I'm very grateful. And like, I don't dread Sunday nights anymore. And I don't look forward to Friday 
Fridays after five anymore. Everything just feels seamless mm. and like an ongoing thing. So I'm I'm very happy and I'm grateful to God. So you're free. I'm free. I feel free now, girl. As soon as I got that call, I pr- I put my <laughs> earphones and I play. You know that song? I'm free. Yeah. To do it all. I, I played that and I was jumping around and it feels great. Amen. Yeah. I think at rest all everybody wants to get to a place of freedom in their mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um. So. As we shift gears a little bit, uh, I, I was going to ask you, how do you maintain a balance in your life mm-hmm. now with doing um, this full time, mm-hmm. doing what you love to do full time? How do you find a balance between everything? Um, I definitely have a calendar where I write everything down. Um, even like when I'm going to go do my hair workouts, I write it all down to keep myself on track. And I just really remember that there's a lot I want to accomplish and I have one life to live. Hello. Okay. But I also, my family is very important to me. My Mm. family, my friends and my relationships are, are very important to me. And it's lonely at the top if you don't have people around you that you love. So I make it a habit to date. I make it a habit to meet up with my friends. I make it a habit to travel. And so far it's so much easier because I'm working on the show full time. Yeah. So it is definitely harder when you have a nine to five. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. Balancing the two. Yeah. Like you said, you know, since you, since you brought it up, you say you make it a habit to date. Oh God. How has dating for you at 30 been? Um, <laughs> you know what I will say? Yes. I don't take no shit. Mm. And when I'm not happy and somebody's not meeting my needs, I'm out. As opposed to holding people on a higher pedestal and, you know, compromising and, you know, compromising my happiness. I don't yeah. do that anymore. It's it's much easier when you're able to be honest about where a person is at and you and you say, okay, this doesn't work for me. It's much easier to get over things. It's much easier to just say bye. Um, and I will say that dating at 30, although it has its difficulties, I think that I've grown into the woman that I've been trying to grow into. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm much happier. Yeah. And I think that it's interesting, too, when we think about dating, because I think a lot of times people view when you want something in your life or this is the how you want things to operate in that space, that it's an expectation versus this is a standard. Yeah. No, this is a standard. Just a standard. And if you ain't meeting the standard, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. And I think that we had to, like, I think a lot of times you're going to date and a woman feel, we used to be afraid to say yes. how we feel and be honest about what we want because it seemed as though we were expecting too much of the mm-hmm. other person. When it's like, no, I had to realize, like, this is a standard. And mm-hmm. if this is your standard, girl, And especially as a black woman, you're told that, you know, if you want somebody who has two feet, you're asking for too much. You want somebody with all their teeth, oh, no. That's that's a lot, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's like, like missing one too, but girl, you gotta take him for what you know. So it's like, but we're told that we need to compromise, compromise, just to have a man, and I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that you should have standards for like what you want and what you expect, so that you can be happy. Yeah. Do you feel like you? Do you feel like at this time? Um, in your life that that person you may meet that person here in New York or you may meet them you know um, somewhere else I don't know we gotta talk to God about that I think <laughs> you know I'm meeting a lot more people like when I travel and, and even in New York so I'm just you know I'm open taking it as it comes and yeah. just not having expectations like not you know cause we're, we're gonna be in Paris in June and not thinking like oh yeah I'm gonna meet me a French man you know yeah. gotta, it's just like just going and just making sure I look fierce 
faces beads, you know, yes. nine, just in case you, you somebody pops up. You got to be ready for your blessing. Can you we talk be, about that be ready. ready for your blessing? You got to be ready. There's a lot of times where I will see a fine man and I'm ready. like, I will text my friend, girl, this is fine, man, but I don't look good right now. So I got to just talk about the game. Like, my hair is not done. I'm not beat. Carry gotta, that up. But the reality is, is like, you have to be fully present in how you want to carry yourself and any, you know, in the situation, in any situation so that when that time comes and that blessing might pass you by, you don't have to be like, ooh, sis, I wasn't ready. It's true. And I just, and I just feel like as a woman, there is a lot of pressure for us to look perfect. I'm not saying look perfect, but what I am saying is that, you know, take pride in how you present, even if you're like super tired, just, you know, because you never know, you never know. But then it also goes to a point of one of my previous podcast guests, uh, Fatima, was like, you know, you have to look good for yourself. Yes. First. Like, Amen. it's not even about someone else or them people at, if you know, you're going to work and there's the people out of the office or mm-hmm. all these other people. It's about looking good for yourself first. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times there are other things in our life that strip us and deplete us of that energy to be like, oh, girl, I got to get dressed up and you do know, all of this. I could use this extra 30 minutes of sleep. Yeah, it's true. But, you know, you got to dress up for yourself first Mm -hmm. before you expect to dress up for somebody else. Amen. And what I also will say, this might be problematic, but going to work and looking a certain way has helped me um, get into certain doors. I had a, mm. uh, I had an old boss. I was a temp at a job, right? Right. And um, they were they didn't know if they were going to hire me or not. But I came in every day with like a cute outfit, a beat face, just looking, mm. looking, looking the part. And everybody used to say to me like, "Oh, did you come with so and so from MTV?" They all thought I came from MTV because of the way that I presented. Mm. And it really did help me land that job. And I've seen it with so many other people. And I'm not saying to like. Um, I'm not saying to put so much worth in that, but that does help you get into certain doors to use it to get more money and to get more things. Yeah. Yeah. And my old boss, you know, I just resigned from my company, but my (laughs) old boss literally told me, he said, you know, this is an opportunity in your next, you know, new endeavor to think about how you want to present yourself. Oh, you know, like, how do you want like the, them to the see? He's to like, see. when I came here, I was like, okay, this is a new opportunity. This is a clean, fresh slate for me to think about how I want to present myself. What are the things that exactly. I want them to, the key takeaways that I want them to get from me as mm-hmm. an individual um, and the type of work that I do. Yeah. And then keep in mind the things that you want to get out of this opportunity. Yeah. And, like, write those things down before you even walk in the door. Exactly. Because it, it's all a transaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I was like, whoa, wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's some great advice. It stuck to your bones. Right? It stuck to my bones. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, sis is about to be in here slaying. Exactly. Walking in that I door. want them to think this, this, and this. I can get this, this, and that and keep it moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want you to think I was hired for a director level role. Okay. Because that's the role that I will be in. Okay. Giving me a couple of months. Okay. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to like um, talk more about your journey mm-hmm. and ask you. What is one thing that maybe brings you to pause or frightens you as you continue on your pursuit of happiness, whether it be personally or professionally? Um, I would say the the thing that kind of scares me is that where I want to go, certain people in my life won't be able to benefit mm. from it or see it. So, like, my mom's sister just passed away two days ago, oh. right? So sorry for your loss. Thank you. It was her half-sister, lived in Nigeria, and we saw her last year. We went to Nigeria for my sister's wedding, and she was very sick. Um, 
but we got to see her and my sister who's my older sister's a doctor like prescribed her with certain medication it was like a great like we were able to help her in that regard but I wasn't able to help her as much as I would like yeah you know like my my dad's sister died last year Mm. you know and like these are people who live in the village like rural like 10 cents a day type of thing and I my dream is always to be able to like bring people here and to like send a lot of money home and it's just like the reality is that certain people aren't going to see that and it's it it scares me yeah and it makes me sad um and a lot of times I have to like tune out of that and not think about it so I can just stay focused. But it's really hard. Yeah, because you want them to be present for those moments. I want to be able right? to take care of everybody. Yeah. Damn, I didn't even think about it like that when you think about like life. Yeah. And like time. Time and life. You know, time is not guaranteed. And yeah, people And life gonna, is precious. Yeah. People aren't gonna be here forever, so it's 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 sad. Mm. Yeah. So it yeah. makes me pause a lot. Yeah. But how do you start? How do you stay rooted in kind of and grounded to keep moving forward and not let that kind of creep into your? A lot of it mental? is just really kind of like blacking it out and tuning it out, which is not necessarily the best thing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it, because I just need to stay focused, because I know I'm going to get where I need to go. I'm no, I know I'm going to be able to help a lot of people, but um, a lot of it is just just black blacking it out of my mind for the time being. Yeah, yeah. It got the best ways you know how. And, yeah. You know, do you go to therapy? I don't go to therapy. I did before, after a really traumatic breakup. But um, I don't currently go to therapy. But I'm not against it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not against it. How was it for you? How was your experience? With in- therapy? Um, It was good in the beginning because I went right after the breakup. I had thrown a brick in my ex-boyfriend's window. Oh, he must have did something. Mm-hmm. He was trifling, trifling as hell. And... It was great because this lady, she would just listen to me as I like downloaded, downloaded, and got all these all these things off my chest. But then after I started to heal, I just realized she wasn't really helping me. She was just listening. <laughs> but it but it helped in the beginning. But I realized I didn't need it anymore. You know what right. I mean? But sometimes so, you just need somebody to listen, yes. right? Because a lot of my friends, like my cousins, some of my cousins were very judgmental mm. and weren't really there for me um, the way that I needed it needed them to be. So it was good to have her there. And that's an objective person who doesn't know the story. Mm-hmm. Just there. And she kind of helped me see things as well as like you know you this guy you didn't really want this guy which is true so what did you want the idea of him the idea who and isn't that a powerful breaking moment where you realize that as women we realize when we're in the situations that we we like the idea of somebody but they're not that great that person (sighs) so real oh jesus how do you (laughs) decipher not liking the idea of someone that you may see out in um in the social media landscape versus mm-hmm. actually meeting them in person. In, mm, I think uh, I've been disappointed by celebrities I've met before. So I don't even like want to meet any celebrities. There's a lot of people I admire who are celebrities, but I don't even want to meet them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the same goes for like people that I might see on social media. Yeah, it's like I yeah, I'm not interested. Because you might be a total asshole, and that would be, like, really disappointing. Then I can't support you anymore. Right. I can't see in the light that I saw yeah, you before. no, no. I met so many people that I loved, and I was just like, uh, I don't even listen to their music anymore. <laughs> Girl, it's like, I can't even look at you the same. I can't look at you the same. Mm-hmm. No shade. I wish you the best. The other question I have is, if there was someone um, who is on a similar path as you, Mm -hmm. or um, starting a similar journey, what would you advise them? 
I would advise them to start soon. Mm-hmm. One thing I realized when I went to art school was like the, a lot of these kids, I had a great art program where I grew up, but I never indulged in it because I was too busy with friends, which is bad. But a lot of the kids that I went to art school with, they had started early. So by the time they got to college, it was so, so, so much more advanced. You mm-hmm. know, like all the dancers that started early were great. All the painters, all the um, animators who started as early as they could, they were better. You know, it's, it's that thing of like putting in more hours. So I think that once you know what you want to do, try try by any means necessary not to let the negatives come in so you can just start mm. and i think start starting where you are and not comparing yourself to anybody will put you like miles ahead yeah you know how do you not get like sucked into that comparison trap it's, it's so hard. hard it's hard as hell but like donovan said on the, gra- the last episode of the grapevine turn off instagram <laughs> you know turn off your phone yes. and just you know do the work like honestly because at the end of the day it's like what are you gonna do if somebody's been there, you're going to kill yourself. You can't. You just can't. You can't give up. I mean, people do, but you can't give up. Right. Yeah. Because also, people, we have bills to pay. Yeah. Mouths to feed. And you also have a desire inside of you to keep to do something. So, like, who are you to say, no, I'm not good enough? That's not what God wants for you. Right. You know? He gave you this idea. He gave you this ability for a reason. So you have to express it. And you don't know what that person had to sacrifice or what they're sacrificing or what they're going through in order to get that that level where we think that this is where I want to be. You you may not want to take on that person's burden. Some people are great graphic designers because they spend 23 hours out of 24 hours in the house. Because they don't (laughs) got no friends. You don't got no choice but to be great. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like you just don't know. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I'm like, that comparison is very hard, but it's also like I always try to catch myself if I do find myself in that to be like, you don't know what she had, she or he had to go through and mm-hmm. what they're sacrificing mm-hmm. or what they're dealing with now. So, you know, like you said earlier, the grass may not always be greener on it's the not, other side. Most times it's not. Unless you're Beyonce, that it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but otherwise, it's not. <laughs> the, the only, look, Beyonce can come on my screen every day and give me looks for days. And I'd be like, yes, sis, get me together. Okay. Do, you, do you find now mm-hmm. um, that there are any distractions? I think we were talking about distractions earlier when you were saying in art school. But do you find now that there are any distractions that are preventing you from moving on... The dreams and goals that you set for yourself? I don't. Mm -hmm. I am not distracted. I'm so focused. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm an Aries, so I love... Deep down, I do love competition. I love, like, being first. We have a desire to be the first and to do it the best. So for me, um, I love, like, starting new things and excelling. Like, I remember in art school, like, all my friends were, like, like, you know, um, visual artists. Yeah. I was like, I want to learn how to draw. And I started off so bad... I was so bad. But then I practiced and practiced, practiced every day. And then I started drawing and I was like, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then after I did that, I was like, okay. I really know that I can do anything that I set my mind, mind to. to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, you really can. So as long as you put in the hours, you know what I mean? And um, I just always push myself and, like, I just don't think that there's anything in my way and I feel like God and my ancestors are behind me and in front of me and all over me. While he do it, so he's I'm covering excited. you, keeping his hands on you. Yes. Yes, okay. I feel protected. I, just, I don't feel anything yeah. negative in my way. That and that's how it should be. I yeah. mean, so you are you at peace right now in your life? Yeah, I'm really happy. I'm really happy. Aside from like you know, 
the the other stuff like you know when you're dealing with like deaths and stuff like that mm-hmm. I'm aside from that I'm very happy I'm not everything is not perfect by any means right, right. <laughs> but I'm happy right yeah what does a typical day in the life look like for you and how do you take care of yourself Okay, so a typical day for me, um, it starts off with prayer, a little bit of meditation, um, sending my family text messages, um, like, you know, saying, hey, I hope you have a good day. Um, Then, you know, I take a shower, eat breakfast, look at my calendar, get to work, um, finish work maybe around seven or eight, eat dinner, watch a movie or two. Or a show or two. Yeah. And then go cry, to sleep. Honey, yeah. yeah. You know, it's a, it's a full day. You know, I'm texting throughout the day. Um, I do acupuncture every week. Okay. Which is, like, amazing for your body. Really? Yes, girl. Because it's, like, mm. acupuncture is, like, you're not... If you think about it, how many times in a day are you not sleeping, but just taking a minute to just relax? And that's what acupuncture is. It's like, you know, they put the little needles in you, whatever problems you're having, and they put like a heat lamp on you, and then you just kind of like rest Mm. and decompress for an hour. And then like it ends with acupressure, which is like a massage, a 15 minute massage. Mm. It's like my overall well-being has been like amazing since I started. I need, girl, I need that. Yes. Acupuncture is amazing. I need that in my yeah. life. You will love it. Yeah. And I have the perfect place for you, so just let me know when you're ready. You got a place for me over over yonder? In Jersey, yes. That's okay. where I live. You got to visit. <laughs> I got to visit. You got to visit. Yes, 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 for sure. Well, I definitely think we have touched on all aspects of <laughs> love, happiness, and dating. Yes. And career. And career. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, you have a very just wonderful you know story and trajectory of like how you truly manifested your vision and reality and we're talking about like you put your own money into like yeah producing this and how long yeah. did you do that before you got an investor oh lord so i would say about four and a half years yeah. spending thousands of dollars yeah yeah not you know not going on certain vacations not moving out when everybody had mm. already moved out of their parents house a lot of sacrifice. And it's all worth it. Yeah, I would definitely say it is. Yeah, it's all worth it, honey. A hundred percent. Because now I get to work for myself. Yeah. I'll never work for anybody again, ever. Mm. I'm just putting that out into the cosmos. <laughs> never, honey. I will always work for myself. Never. And hopefully your true love, who will come when the time is right and God deems it to be right, will align. With your vision, honey. Amen. Because you can't be in the way. No. You can't be in the way. No. You got to be beside me. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. (laughs) Well, we're going to wrap up this episode. I just want to ask you, what are your kind of three guiding principles to um, living a limitless life? Um, I would definitely say one of them is to be a good person, treat people how you would like to be treated. Um, a lot of these people who are screaming women empowerment are not women's women, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of this, in, you know, the world can be crazy, especially this industry. So definitely treating people with kindness. Yeah. Um, loving yourself, but being gentle with yourself. And mm. really, like, even if you don't love yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I love me, I love me. Yes. I'm perfect the way I am. Like, speaking it into existence, like, lying until you believe it. Um, and definitely working hard um a lot of people that i see in the industry um 
get to certain levels not because of hard work but because they look a certain way yeah or they're somebody's child um or somebody's friend and that will not keep you afloat that will get you in the door it will not keep you in a room so work hard um say no to the party stay at home and learn your craft come on um be one thing about the university of arts that i loved it really taught me work ethic everybody all of my friends in different disciplines were in the studio for hours sleeping there and i'm like i gotta do the same thing so having that hustle mentality working putting the hours in is definitely my last guided principle absolutely say no to the party say stay no at home honey put work, in the work right sing yes do what you gotta do yes well I want to thank you so much for joining me on a Fearless Kia podcast. Girl, we've been like this. Yes. <laughs> Since we connected at CultureCon. Shout out to Amani. Shout out to Mouse, Mouse for introducing Mouse, us. Yes. Love you. Um, <laughs> yeah. And ever since then, I mean, like, actually, it's so dope. Like, we can just check in and it's just like, girl, what's going on? How's everything yes. going? So I'm so glad I was able to get you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Um, I usually like to close out the episode and say a quote that ties into my guest's fear. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this, this one hits, you know, guys, all the time, I'm hoping. <laughs> so the quote goes, true love is consistent, never faltering decision to be with you, to walk with you, to be a part of you. It does not fluctuate based on slight differences and arguments. I love it. Yes. I love it. Yes. Yes. Come on, decision to be with me, walk with me, and be a part of me. You bet. Come on. Yes, it's a forever thing. It's a forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, amen. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, I wish you guys nothing but love, light, and many of blessings. I hope you guys take uh, this episode into the weekend and feel inspired. Say no to the party. <laughs> Stay at home and do the work. Do the work. <laughs> with that being said, it's your girl, Phyllis Kia, and we out. That was great.